Welcome to the Student of the Game Fire Podcast with your host, Danny B. Today's guest is Noah Katz, a captain with the Phoenix Fire Department on Busy Engine 15 with 10 years on the job, a certified Georgia smoke diver with Class 59, and is the only Arizona firefighter to do so. Noah's beliefs that were instilled in him as a backstep rookie is making sure you take the time to get in training, physical fitness, and meals, which in return is setting the crew up for success. In Noah's words, don't sacrifice a relationship for an outcome. With that, I present Mr. Noah Katz. I'm Noah Katz, uh, Phoenix Fire Department. I'm a captain on Engine 15, and I have uh, 10 years in the fire service. Um, I got into the fire service uh, kind of, uh, I wouldn't say it's by chance, but, you know, I think like a lot of a lot of young young kids growing up, I was always interested in, in, in fire trucks, being around the fire station. And when I was a little kid, I had this routine with my mom. My mom, we would drop my sister off at school. And then we'd go get breakfast and we'd go visit a firehouse. And uh, so it was always kind of like this thing where I, I was always drawn to that. Um, but I played sports as a kid. I played hockey and, and that took me through you know, my childhood and, and fortunate enough to play collegiately and, and then professionally for a few years. And, and um, so the last couple of years I played, I was overseas. And when I came home from that, I, I really wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And um, just by chance happened to, to work with a guy um, teaching hockey, uh, that was testing for the fire service. And he was telling me about it. And I'm like, man, I love that when I was a kid, man, that's, that's pretty cool. Like maybe I should check that out. And, um, so I, uh, made a connection with, with a guy who was a captain, uh, in Phoenix and uh, he invited me to the station. And, uh, when I walked into the station, like immediately I was like, that's it. Like, what do I have to do? I will do anything. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I need this job. And, and what I really realized was, uh, what I was drawn to, Obviously, it was the physicalness of the job. That's always been a big part of me and who I am. But, uh, you know, the, the camaraderie, that locker room atmosphere, having that the, the brotherhood, the sisterhood of the job. Um, and, and really, at the end of the day, I, I think the, the biggest thing that, that drew me to it was, was having a heart of service and just wanting to, to serve people and, and, and to do that in a way that not a lot of other people are able to or are willing to do. So mm-hmm. that's kind of how I got my start and got really fortunate. Uh, Phoenix Fire Department was, was in a hiring freeze at the time. Um, so, uh, and, um, they hadn't hired anyone in three years. Uh, so it gave me a little bit of time to, to take my EMT class and, and go through requirements and kind of do some ride alongs and stuff and really gain as much knowledge as I could. And, um, I got very, very fortunate. I took one test, uh, I had one interview with Phoenix and, and that was it. And I, I tested for a few other departments around the Valley, but, um, Phoenix was the only one that I had an interview with and that's where I wanted to be. And it just all kind of lined up at the right time. And, and that was it. So that's how I got my start. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, so you are currently uh, a captain on engine 15, but during your transition of, of, you know, being a backstep and then climbing through the ranks, um, has your culture changed from when you were in the back to where now being a company officer, you set you can set the tone for your station and your crew as far as like, Hey, we're going to come in, we're going to do X, Y, and Z. We're going to care about Mr. And Mrs. Citizen. So like, uh, explain that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think that's kind of a, that's a great question. And a couple of things that go with that, like first and foremost, I mean, my, my personal, uh, my personal beliefs have changed over, over a 10 year period. I, you know, I think, I think when, when we get into the fire service, it's kind of that, uh, you know, don't ask questions, uh, mm-hmm. you know, one, one mouth, two ears kind of mentality. And, and 
you know, I, I think uh, I, I followed that to a T. I didn't ask a lot of questions. I just did what I was told. I was very fortunate because the when I was a probationary firefighter, I worked for a captain who was very into training. We had a very high, high level, high achieving, high performing crew. And um, and so we had it kind of he kind of set the tone for me like, hey, we come to work, we check the rigs, we wash the rigs, we clean the station, we're going to eat a quick breakfast, then we're going to train. And then we're going to shop, we're going to cook, we're going to, we're going to do something in the afternoon, we're going to work out together in the afternoon, we're going to play cards at nighttime, I don't care if you're on probation or not, this is what we do here every single day. And that really like set the tone for me, because after I left there, um, in Phoenix, you worked three months, three, three month rotations on probation. So that was my second, that was my second rotation. And so when I went to my third rotation, it was kind of like, well, hey, man, like, how come not everybody's training like that? And how come not everybody's doing that stuff? And um, so what I figured out is that I need for me, um, I, I wanted to be in a place uh, as, as a firefighter where where I was going to be surrounded by people that have, were like minded, wanted to train, wanted to do things. And that wasn't always the case for me. Um, I got I, again, I, I got very fortunate. I got a, a, a backstep spot. On, on one of the busiest engines in, in Phoenix. And, um, you know, I did that by design, wanted to be there, um, wanted to run the calls, want to have those experiences. And that was, that's a, it's a big station. There's two engines and, and a couple uh, ambulances there. So, you know, there's, there's 12 or 14 people there every single day, mm-hmm. a lot of movement at that station. And so we just had this culture there and I was there for over four and a half years as a firefighter, um, had this culture where, where Hey, we're going to train every shift. We're going to work out together. We're going to eat together doesn't matter if, if both engines are running over 20 plus calls, we're still going to find a way to do those things. Right. And so that just was kind of inbred in, in, in my mentality and becoming a captain. Um, you know, I, I kind of took that with me uh, as a captain and um, have created that environment for, for the station I work at now. So engine 15, um, when I first got there, uh, when I first got there that my, my engineer, my driver, he'd been there for about three years. The, my backseat firefighter had just gotten there a few months before me. And then we have a probationary firefighter on the engine also. So it was kind of a, a little bit of a transitional crew right when I got there. Um, and we also have an ambulance at that station, which I'm responsible for. But And and those those uh, there's two people in the ambulance, uh, one paramedic, one BLS firefighter. So it's a six-person crew. And mm-hmm. so essentially when I got there, you know, there's a lot of this talk about um, different people that have been in and out of the station and, and training and, and kind of different things. And you know, I, I don't I don't know if this, this is a term across the entire fire service, but certainly a term in the Phoenix Fire Department is, uh, oh, that guy's a good dude. Um, mm-hmm. And and so, you know, it's like, hey, man, uh, you know, that guy, uh, he never wants to train, but hey, man, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. Yeah, he's a good dude. You know, uh, hey, man, that guy, oh, man, he's so out of shape. But hey, man, he's a really good dude. And um, so we're sitting at the table, you know, one night and they were keeping having these conversations and it, it keeps coming up. Oh, guy's a good dude. Guy's a good dude. And I just said, hey, man. I'm going to, I'm going to say this and I, and I say the most polite, polite way possible, but at station 15, there are no good dudes. We don't want any good dudes here. I want guys that want to work. I want guys that want to train. I want guys that want to have a high level of performance. that are going to do the right thing that believe in the mission that have conviction as far as, far as why they're here. And they're always going to perform. And I mean, and, and engine 15 is one of the busiest <laughs> trucks in the city. I think last year we ran uh, almost 5,300 calls. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a busy truck and, um, you only attract people that have good attitudes and want to be there. Right. And so, and so it became this whole thing. Yeah. Engine 15 home of the no good dudes. And, uh, you know, that, that ruffled a few feathers around the, around the (laughs) department and 
we had a we had a chief that wrote an article about it and uh but you know you know we made some t-shirts and these guys wear them proudly and and it's it just creating that culture there and, and like you said i mean uh every day i show up to work there's no question as far as what's happening we're we're gonna we we do our, our station duties around the station we drink a cup of coffee and have a quick breakfast together then we go out and, and drill and we drill for for as much time as we can get but we always find a way to get it in in the afternoon we always do a crew workout together and in gear and then we finish that with always doing some type of uh down firefighter or mayday drill with firefighter packaging and and to me it's like i we just create that that environment and when guys come in and out of the station working overtime or a shift trade or whatever it is we just bring them in and, and just one one person at a time just try to create that culture and spread that culture throughout the organization and and you know, I, I, I'm very, very proud of, of, of uh, the culture that we have there at the station. And I think the guys that I have there embrace it. They love it. And and I think the biggest compliment that I can receive as a captain, and, and I'm sure, you, you know, you would agree. I, I, know, I know you're a company officer as well, but like uh, when you take a shift off and the things continue as if you're, you were there and, mm-hmm. and your guys have, have a fire, or they get, they, they get a good, a good worker or something and they perform. And, and you get a compliment from the captain that was there for you. Like to me, that's, that's the greatest, that's the greatest thing. And, um, you know, I, I was off uh, a couple months ago. I had, I had a shift off from vacation or something, you know, and of course I wake up in the morning, I got all these text messages and these pictures of this fire these guys had. And, and uh, the, the captain that was there for me calls me the next day and he says, he's like, Hey man, whatever it is that you're doing at your station, dude, he's like, keep it up. Cause these guys freaking killed it on this fire, man. He's like, they were awesome. They were awesome. And, and, uh, and, you know, to me, that's just the greatest thing that, that you can do because it just shows that, that the commitment to the training and, and uh, the culture that you provide for, for your, for your people really pays off in the end. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of, kind of how, how it, it, it's kind of transitioned for me from, from being a firefighter mm-hmm. who was really wanting to be busy, wanting more, surrounding myself with some, with some really great people and some good mentors and kind of transitioning into, into being a company officer. So. Oh, definitely well said. Um, a little spoiler alert, though. I am not a company officer. Oh, you're okay. No, right. you're good. You're good. I mean, I appreciate it, though. It's like, oh, uh, wow, that's cool. Nah, dude, I'm just a, I'm a backstep relief driver. So um, I'm good there for right now, but uh, I appreciate it. But what I do like is you mentioned with you being off and your uh, – your relief officer being there that you, that he could call you and be like, Hey man, your guys jam up. Like that's gotta be a good feeling. They get that phone call. It's the best feeling, man. And uh, you know, like I said, you know, I have a, I have a, a, one of my, my greatest mentors on the, on the job was one of my first captains. And, uh, and he, he always told me that he's always said, you know, like the best compliment I ever got was that when I was off for a shift, that whoever was there as my relief would be, would call and say, Hey man, these, these guys get it on, dude. These guys are awesome. Like they train, like, he'll, like I don't tell them anything. They just program continues as is. Mm-hmm. And, and so becoming, I, I learned that as a firefighter from him, right. Be, becoming a captain uh, to receive that compliment. Uh, I just think it's, it's just the, the greatest thing. So, um, and, and again, it just, it just proves that the things that you do every single day and, and, and the ability to impact that you have to, to, uh, to impact the people you work with is, is so, so crucial. And, 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 and I'll say this too, you know, before I was a captain, um, you know, I, I worked, uh, like I said, on a, on a really busy engine, engine company and, you know, um, 
I, I was the mainstay on that engine for about four and a half years. The captain and I were there for together. Um, he, he had been on that station for, I think in that spot for oh, 16 plus years uh, by the time he, he finally left there, which is crazy considering the call volume at that place. But, mm-hmm. um, but in that time, my point is that during that time, uh, you know, I, I think that I realized that as a, as a, as a backseat firefighter, like I had an opportunity to have a lot of impact on the culture there to drive training, to drive the workouts. Uh, you know, we come in the morning, even as a firefighter and guys are like, Hey, no, like, what do you want to do today? What do you right. think? And I'd be right. like, Oh, I was driving in. Let's let's, I was thinking about, Hey, let's go stretch hose at this apartment complex. Hey, let's do this. Let's do this. And uh, so I guess my point is, you know, for anyone, it's like, Hey man, you don't have to have bars on your collar to, to have an impact. And, and, uh, and I, and I truly, truly believe that. And even now at my station where, where everyone is, is buying into what's happening. I still put a lot of, lot of responsibility on my senior firefighter. And uh, like I said, we get new probationary firefighter every three months at my station currently. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I tell them all the time, Hey man, like, like my job is mentoring you and you need to turn around and mentor this, this other guy. Cause it doesn't always come from the captain to mentor the newest person. Right. And, and I certainly will, will spend time with them and mentor them and build a relationship with them. But you as a senior firefighter have the ability to do that. And that is critically important to the success of their career. So. Absolutely. Um, at what point did, when you were backstep, did, did like a breaker trip or something happen where you're like, you know what, I'm ready to go for promotion. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Cause, uh, I, uh, when I got hired on the, on the fire department, I, I just said, Hey man, like I want to be a, a, a firefighter. Mm-hmm. Like I want, I want to be on the nozzle. I want to, you know, kick in doors and flow water and, you know, crawl around in hot dirty hallways and like that was it man like that's right. pinnacle of my career like i right. really didn't I really didn't go in there having the aspirations to do a lot of much more than that I, I i love the department i've been super involved in the department and training and at the recruit level and a few other things and um when i was on on that that engine i was on for four and a half years uh my captain had uh like six five or six hours off one day and uh, i've been there for for a while already and the couple of the guys that were there my my driver at the time and my my backseat partner had both promoted out of this out of there so we got some new some new people in and um but he's he had he had you know five or six hours off so he, he calls me the night before he says hey man i got time off tomorrow he's like so you ride the seat while i'm gone tomorrow and i was like pretty nervous about it you know i was like <laughs> all right well <laughs> all right like kind of think about the responsibility and like hey man like what if we get a fire like what's my on-scene report sound like what's and uh you know, I kind of been thinking about maybe trying to trying to promote, but I, I really wasn't set on it. So I, I ride the seat for about five or six hours. He gets back from whatever he was doing. And uh, he says, uh, how's it going? I was like, good. He's like, cool. Stay up there the rest of the shift. And I was like, no, that, not really. That's, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, no, 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 just to stay there. And I said, okay. So, uh, so I, so I rode the seat for the whole shift and, and, you know, I came home the next day and I just, I really thought like did some soul searching with it and thought about it. And I was about to, to come up eligibility wise for the promotional test. And I just said, you know what, man, like I'm in like, and if I'm going to do it, like I have to be a hundred percent in, I can't be like, man, I kind of want to still right. ride the seat, the back seat, or, Hey, I kind of want to be a captain. I was just like, no man, like if I'm going to do it 100% have to be committed to being a captain. And from then on, it was every single day, like, studying tactics going over stuff at the station practicing my radio communications um you know whatever whatever it was but but and he was so so great to me because he let me 
move up in house um, quite often, and and so like I was able to gain some experience. You know, like uh, a couple months after that, we had uh, an incredible fire in the middle of the night. We're first first on, and you know, we turned the corner out of the stage. You could see it a mile away. It's right right up the street from the, from the station, but you know, huge column and uh, getting reports of a of a fourteen year old trapped inside, and and uh, you get the hydrants about eight hundred feet away from the from the house. Like you know, just all these these things kind of culminated real quick, and uh, you know, to be able to have that experience and 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 um, to take those things into a process where you have to perform in in Phoenix. Anyway, the, the promotional process is a written test, a uh, um, a tactical interview and then also uh, an actual interview. So to be able to have those, some of those experiences, take that into me, gave me the confidence to be like, Hey man, like I can do this job. I know I can do it. I've done it before and I'm going to continue to do it when I do get promoted. So um, yeah, that's kind of, but you, but you're right. Like there's, there has to be that point where you make that decision. Like, Hey man, this is it. Right. There's no more, there's no more backseat. And, and it's not that I don't love it. Uh, you know, it's not that I don't want my hands on that nozzle or, or mm-hmm. popping, popping a window and, and, and searching. And like, I love that stuff through and through, but, but uh, there has to be that transitional period where you're like, Hey man, like I understand the responsibilities that come with being a company officer. Um, it's not just pushing buttons and, and, you know, holding the radio. Like there's some very serious consequences to doing that job. And I, and I, I hold that in the highest regard. And, and I think if you can transition your mentality to that, you, you 100% can, can be successful in those positions. So. All right. Awesome. Um, what keeps you personally invested to stay positive and, and continue loving this job? Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, first and foremost, I, you know, I, I think uh, right now for me, um, it's, it's, it's my family. You know, I have a, I have a two and a half year old daughter and um you know, for me, like every day, I, I, I just, I want to make her proud and uh, I want her, you know, she loves fire trucks. She loves like saying, Oh, daddy, firehouse, uh, you know, fire helmet, fire truck. And like, to me, like, that's just the ultimate thing. And, 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 and I guess the reason I bring that up is to me, um, I think about my daughter um, and, and, you know, what this job kind of embodies. And then on top of that, like, you know, we're fortunate because we're firefighters. We, we see that this, this side of it, but we have, uh, we have a job to do mm-hmm. and, and the mission, the mission of the fire service uh, is is something I think about every single day. Um, and I know that there's different takes on things and, and some people that have different thought processes about or organizations have different thought process about what's truly important um, in the fire service. But to me um, personally, I think that the, as an individual, you have to have the conviction to understand why you wanted to be a firefighter in the first place. And then you have to be committed to that, to those, to those things that are rooted in, in those values. And, and to me, like, I know exactly why I did it. And I know exactly what, why I want to be the best that I can be every single day. And, and we have a job to do. And um, I truly believe in, in that mission, the mission of, 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 of providing an opportunity for somebody else. And, um, you know, to me, that's uh, sometimes that's a simple, those are simple things. Sometimes those are, those are hard tasks. You know, we just said, you know, we pull up on a, on a fire, somebody trapped inside, you know, they're in there. Like you got fire everywhere. Like, Hey man, I have a job to do. And I think a lot of that for me came from, uh, you know, growing up playing hockey, like you said, and, and, and it's like, Hey, in sports, we practice way more than we play. And it's just a training mentality to me. It's every single day we show up, we do the same. We're in the same routine. We train every shift. We have, I expect a fire every single shift that I go to work. 
you can't ever be complacent in checking off your bottle or putting your turnouts on the rig or any of that stuff because because the second that you stop doing it mm-hmm. uh that's when you're going to get caught and and i just i just refuse to to, to get caught and um you know in, in, in a bad position um i and i i i truly believe that's the discipline of the job you know uh you know we just finished a promotional process in in the city um and uh it's funny because you, you see people who you've known for years and years and years and you know what kind of firefighter they are what kind of personality they have and all of a sudden they're taking the promotional test and they're super motivated they want to train all of a sudden they want to work out all of a sudden they want to eat healthy all of a sudden they want to talk about tactics all of a sudden but those guys were never that before and when this process is over they won't be that again right when 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 the ink on their shirt is still wet and it says captain on it or whatever rank it is Mm -hmm. they're all motivated but as soon as that thing dries they're back to what they were and and to me um you know having that attitude of like hey man that's that's not that's not who I am. Uh, I, I'm disciplined in the things that I do every single day. I live my life in, in a disciplined way, and and I think that this transitions in, into the fire service. And you know, fortunately, uh, when you surround yourself with other people that that have a similar mentality, it just becomes part of the culture. And when that and when training and, and doing the right thing and staying motivated is part of the culture, then then I think you know you're in a very very positive place for success. And you know, I'm not gonna lie. I mean everything ebbs and flows in life, you know, relationships, right. uh, you, you know, the fire service, uh, you know, everything ebbs and flows, there's ups and downs. And I've certainly had frustrating moments for myself um, and days where I've been like, man, I'm, I'm just not feeling it today. Uh, but at the same time, I, I just think that you always have to find your, a way to, to get yourself out of that and, and to, to continue to, to, to do the things that are right. And for me, it's just, it's just, uh, having some conviction as far as why I want to be there. And, you know, I had a chief uh, from another city when I was trying to get hired, he, he, um, he was kind of helping me and, and mentoring me a little bit. And, and um, he's, he's the chief of a, of a department that surrounds Phoenix. And and I called him to tell him that I got a phone call from Phoenix to get hired. And, and he said, uh, he's like, Hey, no, I'm going to tell you two things. Uh, he said, one, if you ever mess up, I'll kill you. Cause my name's attached to you. And uh, number, number two, he's like, he's like, always remember this. You didn't ask for this job. Right. You begged for it. You begged for it. And I, I've taken that with me every step of the way. I've, I've told that to every single probationary firefighter that I work with. I've told that to my crew. Um, and I wholeheartedly believe that. Um, I begged for this job. I know what I did for this job. I, I worked so incredibly hard. It took me a couple of years of, of, of going to stations all the time, of, of practicing my interview, of sacrificing time, uh, with with friends and family and 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 doing anything I could to get this job and I will never forget the sacrifice that I made to, to get here and so I, I just feel like you know we consistently have to remind ourselves the journey that it took to, for you to get there and then if you can take that and couple that with with the belief in the mission of what you're doing I think you you can find a way to stay motivated and and to to go to work every single day and, and do something positive so no, well said. Uh, I like that. <laughs> you didn't ask for this job. You begged for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, hands down. That was good. Um, what are your ultimate goals, whether it's short-term or long-term? Um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. I, I, uh, right now I, I love being a capital engine 15. And, and to me, that's, that's just, that's the, that's the pinnacle right now, you know, okay. as far as, uh, as far as, Phoenix Fire Department goes, uh, like I said, I mean, I, I, 
didn't have a, a ton of aspiration to, to ever be anything but but a you know a, a backseat firefighter but i think where i'm at right now is you know i, I love being a captain on engine 15 and um I, I certainly want to create that environment and have an environment where people want to be at the station they want to be around my me and my crew and they want to learn um and and really take that mindset that we have as far as training goes as far as the mission goes as far as always doing the right thing and, and um i think that's those are all things that that ultimately you know i want to continue to work on um but i also think that you know for me I, i've had a, a an opportunity to get outside of the phoenix fire department I've had a chance to travel to go to conferences to uh, you know go to smoke divers to do, do things out there outside and, and in that built a big network of people um mm-hmm. that i learned from, a lot from and um so ultimately, I, I, I'm not sure exactly how I want to do it, but I, I know that somehow I want to give give and teach some of the experiences and things that I have to, to other people. Um, and, I, and I think just the more that I can continue to help develop other people, it, be it in my organization, outside of my organization, um, you know, the, 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 the Phoenix area is kind of unique in, in, in that we have automatic aid and there's, uh, you know, like over 20 or 25 fire departments that are in the automatic aid system in okay. the valley here. So, um, so we work very closely with, with departments around us. And, um, you know, I think having some of the ability to influence those other departments, uh, is, is just something that, that I, I really, really want to continue to do. Um, I've had a chance to do it a little bit. Uh, I made a connection with, with a, a, a captain from, uh, another, uh, fire departments about 45 minutes away from, from our, from Phoenix ish. Um, and, uh, you know, we had this long conversation about search and some stuff. And, and so he was like, Hey, you think we could come meet up with you guys? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. So he brought his crew and his battalion chief down to the Phoenix Academy. We met, we met up down there and we, we did about four to five hours of, of search training. And, um, uh, you know, it was just a great, great opportunity. They go back to the station there, you know, to their city, we go back to, to our, our station. He sends me a text a few hours later and he's like, you're not going to believe this. But right after we got back, we got popped on, on a, on a working fire. He's like, we went in there, we searched out a line, found a victim inside. And I'm like, dude, that's what this is about, man. It's right. about taking your experiences and your knowledge and, and your things and passing it to other people and to have that success immediately for that person and, and that crew, man, I just, I just couldn't be more proud of those things. So I think ultimately for me, my goal is to keep on spreading the message, man, like spread, spread the good words, spread, spread out, spread my experiences and, and, and teach people, and and uh, just continue to develop the fire service because I think we we as a service um, can learn so much from each other and I and I would just be so proud to be a part of that. So, okay. Um, and for those that well, obviously the the listeners can't see you. So uh, Noah is currently wearing a Georgia Smoke Diver Association shirt. Uh, I'm sure most of you know what Georgia Smoke Divers is and what they're all about and how grueling the process is to officially get that title so I'll, i'm gonna hand it off to noah here and he'll uh he'll explain his whole how 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 the whole georgia smoke diver came about yeah absolutely i mean you know like i said i mean i i uh i've always been somebody that's motivated and, and wanted to be the best that i can be for myself um and and so we talked a little bit about the ups and downs of, of the job and, and i think i was in a place in my in my career where i i was feeling uh I wouldn't say I was feeling stagnant, but I was feeling like there's got to be something else out there. There's got to be more to this than what I know in my own organization. And, and, um, you know, I, I think there's a lot of people that, that say that all the time, like your organization is never going to give you enough. There has, there has, you have to be 
able to get outside of your organization to continue to learn. Yes. Um, and so, you know, just by chance, I just was kind of like looking on the internet for some stuff and came across this thing, oh, Georgia Smoke Divers. And I was like, huh, what's that all about? And so I'm you know, looking at the website and I, and I see the creed, Georgia Smoke Diver creed, and I, and I read the creed and, and I immediately am like, I'm doing it. Like that creed embodies who I am, what I'm about. I'm doing this. And um, so there's a, a guy that I worked with this, at the station at the time and I, and uh, he's very similar mindset to me. Uh, he's one of my best friends. And I, and I said to him, Hey man, what do you think about this? So I sent it to him. He goes, I'm in. I'm like, all right. So uh, this is back in 2018, I think 2017, 2018. So we applied, get an email back. Thanks. Thanks for your application. Uh, you know, you didn't make it this time. Um, and so basically what I found out later is that um they try to start the class of smoke divers. They do it twice a year, once in November, once in February. And it's about 40 to 45 people start the class each time, about half and half, half in-state, half out-of-state. And so we're competing with people from out-of-state to, to get into the class. So we applied two or three times to get in, and we didn't get in. And then uh, COVID happened. And then so we're kind of coming on the backside of COVID now. And um, I said, hey, man, let's let's one more time one more time. Let's, let's, let's see what this is about. And he's like, let's do it. So we applied, we got in and, um, and uh, like I said, I mean, we, we really didn't know what we were totally getting ourselves into. Didn't know anybody that was a Georgia smoke diver. Nobody from the state of Arizona had been there before that we knew of. Um, nobody had completed the program from Arizona. So it wasn't like we call somebody up and be like, Hey man, what's it like? Right. Um, we try to do as much research as we could. Uh, but I think that's pretty limited. It's, I mean, obviously there's, there's some videos and some, literature and stuff but not a whole lot about it uh mm-hmm. so we we just kind of showed up there and we're like hey man there's only one way to do this and it's to go all in and we're either coming home wearing this black shirt or we're going home in an ambulance and that's the only way about it and the more that we learned when we were there uh i just became more and more thankful for for the opportunity and so fortunate for the opportunity and it's just uh totally changed the trajectory of my career as a firefighter uh, my, my mentality, I actually got promoted to captain, um, two days after we got home from there. So it was just one of those, those very transitional periods for me. And, and, um, I just couldn't say enough positive things about that, about, about the program. It is incredibly challenging physically. Uh, but even more so I think is the mental, the mental, um, the mental challenge of, of that, of that program. Um, they put you in some, some situations where you really test who you are. And, and you can come out on the other side of that. And, and I think it's not just about, for me, it wasn't just about coming home as a better firefighter. Um, you know, I came home as a better man, as a better father, as a better person, certainly as a better, as a better firefighter. But I think in all encompassing, man, it's just one of the greatest experiences. And I would tell anyone, if, if, if you have any, any inclination that you want to do it, you should do some research on it and, and you should do it. Um, and, um, I just, I just think it, I couldn't say enough, enough great things about it. And, and again, you know, I, I think that so many times we, in our own organizations, we only know what we know and, right. uh, and going to smoke divers certainly has opened my eyes to a whole nother world. Um, as far as, uh, some of some tactics, uh, some, some tactical stuff, like, you know, I think, I think, uh, you know, search or smoke divers focuses a lot on, on search, um, very heavy into search, uh, firefighter survival, um, you know, RIT operations, um, those are all large components of, of the program. And to me as a firefighter, like those were areas where I didn't know a lot. And so, um, you know, w- when you graduate, 
they, they do like a little exit interview with you. And I remember David Rhodes had said, uh, said to me, so, you know, if you could just write me a synopsis of, of how you think it went or, or what your feelings are about, about the program. And I told him straight up, I said, I said, uh, chief, I'm a, I'm a, about to be a cat in the fire department. And I felt like I was a, a probationary firefighter for six days straight. I'm like, and, and I loved every second of it, <laughs> you know? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, uh, incredible program. And, and, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, I think, uh, we talk about the brotherhood and the sisterhood of, of, of the fire service and, and, and staying motivated and, and surrounding yourself with the right people. Um, so in my smoke diver class, um, we had about, I think we had 20 or 21 people graduate my smoke diver class. I'm on a group text with, uh, probably if not all of them, at least 18 of them. And if there, there's not a week that goes by where that text thread is not buzzing with guys sending each other pictures of different trainings they're doing or, or a fire that they got or talking about this or encouraging somebody to go to another program or encouraging somebody to take a promotional test. And so it just built this entire network of, of, of people for me and, 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 uh, the, that, that, uh, that camaraderie and that brother and that sister, it's just so real because you've, you've had such an incredible experience together and gone through something so challenging and man, it's just, uh, it's, it's, it's created such a, a positive thing in my, in my life. And, um, <clears throat> we went back uh, last year, um, you know, to be on the other side of it as, as instructors. And, 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 yeah. um, and so uh, we're, we're going again this, this November. And, and, um, you know, I, I just think that that being on the other side and giving back to the program is just something that I certainly will continue to do. And for anyone that doesn't know it, it is a 501c3. Nobody makes any money from it. Uh, there's none of the instructors get paid. Um, and it's all based on putting on a product that's going to make people successful and teach them something about the fire service. And, and, uh, you know, just put it in perspective. It's like when, when, when we're there, it's like you, you realize that there's a, there's so many people around you. You're outnumbered by instructors and you didn't really realize like what the number is, but going back as an instructor, um, they tell you the daily total for how many instructors there each day. And there was days when we were there last year when there's a hundred or 102 instructors for 20 students, you know, 15 right. students, you know? And so those are all guys, uh, and guys and, and, and gals that just care so much about the program, about the skills, about the fire service. And, and so to be a part of that culture, unbelievable, unbelievable feeling. So. No, I mean, I, I like what you said, how, you know, you told chief Rhodes, Hey, when I go back, I'm about to be a captain, but your experience of them putting you through a training that you've never had uh, just, just, it resounds with me because I think back to the whole saying, you don't know what you don't know, and you must get out of your own wheelhouse to find different training. Cause yes, the training that your department gives or your respective department gives, it is good, but it's always best to go outside and just see other things that you can maybe take back and go, huh? Okay. I never thought about it that way. Um, so yeah, I, I, I just find that that's very important to, to tell, yeah. to tell people it's okay to go into outside training. It's good. Get out there. You talk to different people, see how different departments operate here, how, oh man, it's just not my department that's suffering from this too. And it just builds this, this, I don't know, for me, it's like satisfaction of I'm good. Okay. I'm good. I'm not the only one that thinks this way and there's nothing wrong with me. No, absolutely, man. And, and, you know, I think that's a huge part of it is like, you know, creating those networks with people that are in different organizations. And what you realize is that everybody has similar struggles. 
Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has similar struggles. The fire service is no is really no different uh, in different organizations or different parts of the country. Um, you know, we're all struggling with similar things. We all have the same issues. We all have similar training to some degree. Um, now, w- what I realized at Smoke Divers is that there are uh, protocols and, and there are procedures that are very different in different parts of the country than, than we have in, in the city of Phoenix. Right. Um, and, and right or wrong, you know, we, like I said, I mean, search, search is always the number one tactical priority for every single fire, right? I mean, that is, that, that is what we do. Life, life safety, life, life hazard, life priority, whatever you want to call it, that is number one. And, and in Phoenix, we certainly say that uh, all the time. Hey, life is number one priority on the fire ground. Um, but, but, you know, going to smoke divers kind of opened my eyes to a whole nother world of, of that, of, of that mentality and that, and that search uh, process. And, and I've been able to bring a lot of stuff back. And, and uh, in fact, uh, we're, we're developing a department wide search training right now. And, and a lot of that search training that is going to go to 1700 members of the fire service uh, is derived from what things that I learned at smoke divers. And, and, and that's one thing that they tell you there is like, Hey man, there are parts of this program that we we keep to ourselves because we don't want to spoil the experience for other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are drills here. There are things you can learn here. You absolutely should take those things back to your back to to where you come from. And and you know I, I live by that man. I I uh, some of the, the firefighter packaging stuff, some of the STBA confidence stuff. Like I do that stuff all the time with my crew. And 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 people come into my station. And they're like, man, that stuff's awesome. Like, where'd you learn that from? I bet. I learned smoke divers, but this is kind of how we're implementing this stuff in our own organization now. And it's important for us to continue to expand our own knowledge because, because like you said, you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I and I feel like it's it's a it's becoming a smoke diver to me. Uh, there's a responsibility that comes with that to spread that message. You have the knowledge, you need to spread that message and continue to to train people and help people and help people grow around you. And and I think that's that's one of the greatest things uh, that that smoke divers Im- embodies. So awesome. Awesome. Good. It's, uh, yeah, I just, I, I love hearing that. I love hearing the story behind it. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought about it and I, I, I know it definitely takes some commitment. You definitely won't most likely get in your first shot. So, um, but yeah, anyways, um, in your opinion, what key elements or factors do you think are needed to make a good firefighter regardless of rank? Yeah. I mean, I think it, it kind of hits on the stuff that we've been talking about, you know, I mean, I mean, first and foremost, uh, understanding why why are you a firefighter in the first place um and and again you know i I think uh you can understand why you you begged for this job and why you wanted this job so badly like you should always remind yourself of that and i think what that transitions to is when you understand that conviction of why you're doing the things that you're doing or why you are sitting in the seat that you're sitting in um then I, i think that that can that can help drive you, um, drive you forward. And, and I think you have a very strong belief in the mission. Uh, you have to understand what the mission is. And, 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 you know, sometimes that's selfless and, and that's not always easy. Um, but I think for me, the firefighters that are the best firefighters are the people that understand those things and are willing to do anything that they can for, for the, for the mission or for the reasons that they have to be a firefighter. Um, you know, I, you know, like I said, I mean, I, at my station, I get a new firefighter every three months. Um, and so we see a lot of different personality, um, some older, some younger, some have work experience, some don't have work experience. You know, there's, I know in the fire service, the whole cultural thing about, well, these millennials don't understand this. I'm like, well, I'm a yeah. millennial. So right. like, I'm not buying that. Right. right. <laughs> so, right. 
So, so but what it comes down to is, Hey man, we can teach people the skills. Mm-hmm. We can teach, we can teach people the skills. We can teach them how to start a saw. We can teach them how to pull a line, how to flow water. Yep. Um, we can teach people the skills, but what you can't teach people is what I've, what I've come to find out is you can't teach people to have the desire to want to do those things for the right reasons. So to me, if, if you find a firefighter that understands why they want to be a firefighter, they have, they believe in the mission of the fire service and then they have the desire to improve themselves, to be the best that they can be for those reasons. Then I think you, 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 you have the best firefighter that you, that you can have. And, and again, everybody's got different skill sets. I don't think that every single person that's a firefighter is, is going to be the absolute very best nozzleman or, or the very best at force launcher, but everybody has strengths and weaknesses. And what I encourage my, the people that, that, that I work around to do is like, Hey man, whatever it is that interests you the most, be a master of those things, right? You're a master of force launcher. You're a master at search. You're a master at, at, uh, you know, uh, host deployments and, and water application, like be a master of, of, you know, being an engineer, whatever it is, like be a master of those things. Um, and then teach those things to somebody else. Cause in turn, that's how, that's how we, we, we drive the fire service forward is by teaching each other these skill sets. And, and I think when that's all driven by the mission, the mission of the fire service, life, life is number one. And if we all believe that, uh, I know it's not always the popular thing to say, but, you know, I think a lot of people think that, that we are number one as firefighters. And, uh, and that's, it's a very, uh, it's a very delicate thing. And I certainly don't wish anything bad on anybody. And, and we can start talking about some of that um, in, in another question, but, but I, I, I think that, that understanding truly what the mission is um that's that's what makes a, a good firefighter so okay um i just man i, I hate whenever i lose my train of thought because i was so <laughs> focused on what you're saying um um all right screw it what would you say to a hungry, eager, motivated firefighter who feels like he's being surrounded by a non-motivated crew, culture, or organization? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I feel like, I feel like that's in every organization. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Be, right. I mean, like Phoenix Fire Department, we have 1,700 firefighters, right? It's a very large organization. Um, we certainly have that, right? Um, not everywhere, but we do have that. Mm-hmm. You know, I have, I have friends that work in, in small organizations with one or two stations. Uh, they have that as well. So that's, it's everywhere. Um, and it's something that we have to, we have to, we have to, to, to think about and, and, and deal with, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate uh, in Phoenix, obviously, you know, Alan Bernstein had a, a tremendous impact, not only in Phoenix fire department, but on the fire service. And, and um, you know, one thing that he said that I think about quite often is don't sacrifice a relationship for an outcome. And, and somebody told me that when I was young on the job and I, and I kind of thought to myself, ah, that's kind of stupid. Like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but the longer my career is gone and the more experiences I have, I continue to think about that all the time. Okay. And the reason, and the reason is, is because change is slow. Um, and you could be a very highly motivated firefighter surrounded by people who aren't as motivated by you. And, and you, you, you just, you're just drive trying to drive that your, your agenda and your culture every single day, because you just want everybody else to be as passionate as you are or to be as interested in the job as you are. And when you do that, uh, I was that guy. I was that guy at one point in my career. And, um, I, I certainly have, have, uh, you know, tarnished some relationships because of that. And, and mm-hmm. because I just refused to take my foot off the gas. 
And, and I think, you know, I think that that's, that's the thing is like, what I realize now is that you have to be tactful. You have to understand that change is slow and you slowly, slowly chip away. And just that little bit of pressure every single day, people will change. And, 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 you know, um, <clears throat> uh, I, I think one way to, to do that for me, certainly, and I, and I certainly give advice to anybody else is, I mean, like we just, we just got done talking about smoke divers. There are things outside of your organization that you can do. Smoke divers, going to a conference, finding a network of people outside of your organization, but creating that network of people that are like-minded that you can talk to, you can bounce ideas off of. They're having the same struggles that you're having. That's a good way to, to have an outlet and then go and take classes, go to smoke divers, go to, uh, you know, go to these other things where you gain those experiences because what happens is you go and gain those experiences and you bring them back to your organization and people see you and you, and you know, one thing they talk about smoke divers is like, Hey, when you get back from smoke divers and you've got this black shirt on, like you have a target on your back. Oh yeah. There are, there are people that do not like that. They are, they're intimidated by that. They will not like that. And to me, uh, that's a badge of honor to me. I'm like, I know what I did for that. Uh, I'm incredibly, incredibly proud of that. Um, and, and I think if you can just have that mindset, Hey man, like I'm going to make myself as best as I can, even if it means going outside of my organization and I'm going to come back and I'm going to slowly, slowly chip away at the people that are surrounded by me. And, and, uh, you know, in the Phoenix fire department, one, you know, we do have a very strong culture of guys, uh, working out in gear, in gear workouts is a big thing in, in Phoenix fire department. Um, even slower stations, guys that have a lot of time on the job, like you still see those guys getting out and doing it, which is an, an amazing thing. I think we're very unique with that. Uh, but I, I was talking to, to a guy recently who said, uh, yeah, man, I've been working at the station and, and, you know, I want to get out and, 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 you know, do our, our skills course or gear workout, but nobody wants to come out there with me. They just look at me crazy when I do that. He's like, and I, and I don't know what to do. And I said, just go do it by yourself. Yep. Because one thing about firefighters is that they don't like to be left out, you know? And so I was like, just go do it by yourself, man. Get out there by yourself. You don't have to make a deal, big deal. You don't have to tell anybody you're doing it. But put your gear on, go out in the bay, do your stuff. And I was like, hey, man, I guarantee you that over time, somebody else will see that and be like, you know what? I'm going to do it too. And now you get another guy. And then there's two of you. And then all of a sudden, there's going to be three of you and four of you and five of you. And it just comp- it's compound interest, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think I think for me, that's that's a, a great lesson <clears throat> that I learned is, is that compound interest has the biggest dividend in the end. So it's slow, painfully slow. Uh, oh, I'm yes. not a patient. I'm not a patient guy. <clears throat> I can only imagine that the majority of the fire service uh, is not patient people because of the the job that we do. Uh, but but I think having an understanding of that and not sacrificing those relationships because of that are not uh, thinking less of somebody because they're not as motivated of you is, is is probably the biggest lesson to be learned from that. Nope, and it's a lesson I had to learn because you know at one point I'm like, why don't they care? Like I care. And at the end of the day, it's just it's just the way it is. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means that they it, they're, they're just different from you. And I've learned to accept it, and I just move on. So if there's something I see that needs to be done that wasn't done that should have been done, I just go ahead and do it, and then yeah. go about my day instead of get mad over it. Because the worst thing you can do, as you stated, is to go up to that person and get in their face or, or, or say something wrong. And then that just creates friction and then there's issues. And then, so just, just do it, be done with it and go about your day. So hundred yeah. um, percent get that. My question, I remember that came back. So I wrote it down. Uh, 
what's your favorite training topic that you like to teach with either your crew or whether uh, somebody comes to you needing help with something? Yeah. Search. Search. So, okay. Yeah. Search, search, search is the thing, man. Uh, like I said, I mean, I, I, you know, I've, I've ridden an engine my entire career. Um, okay. and, and so I'm an engine guy, um, you know, just demographically city of Phoenix, uh, you know, right now we have 62 stations, you know, so we have like, you know, 60 some engines, 70 some engines, 14 ladders. So like, it's just a different, so the, the ladder culture in, in our city is, is different. And the one thing about the ladder trucks that in our uh, system is that they don't search. So, so mm. whereas like a lot of, a lot of cultures, ladder trucks are designated yeah. search, our ladder trucks don't do search. Um, if they did, maybe I would get on a ladder, but they don't. So, um, okay. but the reason I say that is because, you know, for us, engine search is, 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 is what's happening. That's, 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 that's the primary deal. So for me, teaching search, um, I think is, is, uh, my favorite topic. Uh, you know, my, uh, like I said, you know, at, at my station, we, we've been, I've been very fortunate to, to create that culture there. And, and my guys are, are into it. We, uh, we actually bought a, uh, uh, on Amazon, we bought a little, uh, smoker, smoke okay. machine. Okay. And, uh, and so, uh, so we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll smoke out the dorm and, uh, you know, hide guys will hide in there and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's darkened down, turn all the lights out, smoke it out and we'll do search drills. And, and we do that. We do that probably about once a week, um, at my station. And again, it's just the priority of what we think is most important, you know? And, and so, you know, teaching the guys how to search, how to stay low to the ground, how, uh, you know, what the call out sounds like when they find a victim, how to remove that victim. Are they going through the door the way they came? Are they going through the window? Are they isolating like all those things? Um, you know, that's, that's really what I'm passionate about. And I think, uh, um, you know, being able to teach that, you know, to my crew. And then it's, it's, it's amazing to see, um, when somebody comes into our crew, like just for the day or, you know, for a couple ships or whatever, and somebody's off, but even, even, uh, a couple ships ago, I had somebody that came in and, um, uh, she, uh, she was just there for the shift. My firefighter was off. So she, she filled in for the shift and we go to train and we're doing some search stuff and we're doing some window removal. And she was like, how come I never seen this before? <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, like, that's why we're showing it to you now. She's right. like, this is, this is awesome. And I just said, Hey, like take what you learn here. When you go to your next place, when it comes up in conversation or it comes up in training, show it to them. Just keep spreading, keep spreading the message. So yeah, search all day is is absolutely my, my my favorite thing to do right now. Okay, all right, lover of the search, awesome. Um, in your opinion, what do you think the American Fire Service can improve on? Um, you know, at the end of the day, I I think the American Fire Service um needs to um truly define the mission of the fire service. And I, and I, and I say that because I kind of hinted on that a little bit earlier, but I, I think that, that, uh, every fire department in the country has some sentiment in their mission statement about saving lives and property. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't always think that the organizational values, uh, truly line up with those, those statements. Um, and so I, I personally think that, that having a fire service, a, a broad fire service that believes in the same mission, that truly thinks that that life safety is the number one priority. That truly believes that. Um, I think that's that would pay incredible dividends to the citizens that we serve and and the way that we operate as a fire service. And and in turn, I think part of the way 
that we do that is is continue to raise the expectation uh, for the people that are firefighters in in, in the country. Um, you know, there's no no question. Every fire department is in staffing crisis right now. Absolutely. Um, yep. You know. Uh, you know, even our own department for the first time ever, we were at mandatory overtime for the first time ever. And, and we always said, Kings Fire Department, the union always said, we'll never mandate overtime. Well, it is mandated right now. And um, so we're feeling the effects just like everybody else in the fire service. Um, but but what I mean by raising the expectation is, is I, I think a lot of that starts with the hiring practices that we have. Um, I think, uh, I think in general, we should raise the, ex- the the expectation for the people that we are hiring. Um, I, I understand there's different levels, different abilities. It takes all shapes and sizes, um, and you have to diversify uh, your your workforce, and that creates the best workforce. Um, however, I do think that that the more we can raise the standards of the fire service and expect a higher level of performance from our firefighters, I think we're creating. Uh, an environment where we're, we're attracting more people that truly, truly want to be firefighters and they're not getting on this job, you know, for other reasons. Um, yeah, and, right. and then and, and, and doing so, we're just driving that mission forward and we're truly creating an environment where, where hey man, this, this is a profession. And, 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 you know, be it a volunteer department, be it a, be it a, you know, a Phoenix fire department or, or with 1700 members, like there are going to be people who are highly motivated um, there are going to be people that aren't motivated, but in the end, when, when, uh, you know, Mrs. Smith down the street calls now one and her house is on fire and she's trapped inside, she deserves to have the very best people showing up that have the best training that have, have the ability to get in there and to do the job and to, to find her, to put her fire out and to, and to, to rescue her. And so that is what the customer expects from us. And so I think we need to start expecting that from ourselves too. So, no, definitely well said. I I have no rebuttal for that. That was that was <laughs> that was definitely well said for sure. And hopefully, uh, some some takeaways can be a couple takeaways from what you said during this interview can can be taken back for uh, others to just just sit down, listen to the message, and see how it resounds with yourself. Because I mean, you hit it on the nail. There are a lot of departments, you know, life, uh, uh, uh saving lives, protecting the environment, you know, all their integrity, their mottos, speeches, whatever you want to call it. Every fire department has one, but are we truly living by that and performing that on the fire ground? So hands down, man, that was, that was definitely well said. Um, your friends are good friends with Kevin Fluger, correct? Yeah, I am. Okay. Yeah. And, um, go ahead. No, I was say, you know, just going back to what you said earlier about, about, you know, uh, you know, you know, um, an unmotivated, unmotivated firefighter. Actually, that's not him. Uh, but, but, no, yeah, no. <laughs> not, but, but I guess what I'm saying is, you know, the way that I met him. Uh, uh-huh. uh, um, so, so I went to, uh, into the job conference, uh, last year. Okay. And, um, and so, uh, we took, um, nine, nine firefighters from Phoenix. Nice just create a little group where I came out we're going to go to this conference. Who wants to go? And like, there's like nine guys we're like, yeah, let's go. Well, you know, seven of those nine had never been to anything outside of the Phoenix fire department before, never been to a conference, never been to a class, never been to anything outside of the organization. So it's kind of a cool thing that we all flew up to Wichita together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, uh, 
uh, there's a captain in Wichita, uh, Stephen Runyon, who who is a smoke diver who we're, we're close with. So he had us over to the firehouse. We had steak dinner at the firehouse. We rode the truck with him. Like this is, this is a great experience overall. But uh, the point is, you know, one of the nights we're out, and, and I just just randomly start talking to Kevin Fluger uh, at the bar, and next thing you know, like three hours goes by, and you know, the next day at the conference, we're like sitting kind of near him and start talking to him again. We see him that night at the bar and like just, just hit it off right away. And, um, man, you know, I, I went to, to Texas uh, a few months ago in March, um, spent a week out there with him at his conference. And he came to Phoenix for the conference that we held last February. And then he actually was just here again. And he did a ride along with me uh, at station 15 and, and rode my truck for the night. And, cool. um, you know, so, I, but again, like it's, it's creating those relationships with people mm-hmm. that are like-minded and, you know, I would consider him a really, a really great friend, man. I, I think he's a, just an incredible person. Uh, he's a, a, a great firefighter, great mentor, a great teacher. Um, but creating those relationships with people in the fire service outside of your own organization are just so incredibly important uh, for so many reasons. But, uh, you know, so I, again, just go back to what I said before. It's like, hey, man, if, if anybody has an opportunity to go to these conferences or go, to, go outside of the organization to, to meet other people, create a bigger network of like-minded people, you will certainly find some really good friendships in, in, in doing that. So no, absolutely. I mean, I can definitely test that. Yes, you will get out of your wheelhouse. It is awesome meeting like-minded people like you. Uh, it's, it's to me, it's a reset. It's like a, a little mini vacation and yeah, much needed. So uh, Mr. Katz, I, I appreciate you taking your time to do this interview with me. Uh, it's it's been great, and uh, I'm glad that we got to talk shop. And and I love listening to every individual's different story of how they got to the fire service and how they're evolving or how they have evolved from when they were because you know we were all young and and naive and thinking you know we know everything to to who we are now. So I do appreciate your time. Absolutely, man, my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it, sir. Thank you. If any of the listeners out there are or know of a great firefighter who embodies the principles of being a great communicator, goal-oriented, hardworking, humble, passionate, and professional, regardless of rank, career, or volunteer, contact me at studentofthegamefirepodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, stay focused, stay committed, and stay safe.